Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Hello, good evening and welcome back to another edition of the Transfer Update Show, except this one's going to be a little bit different because the biggest talking point coming out of Arsenal Football Club today has nothing to do with transfers. Well, it has nothing to do with potential incomings anyway, but it has a lot to do with a player who currently plies his trade at the Emirates Stadium and who is, I guess, very, very unhappy with how things have gone in recent months. Um, before we delve into it, uh, a big hello to everybody who's watching us live uh, on YouTube, whether you're on joining us on Periscope or Facebook. Uh, big hello to you all. And please smash that like button. It is so, so important. As I was saying, um, or as I have been saying on recent streams, likes are the golden currency these days. Um, they help get the video out to plenty more people. And the more people, the better, of course. Um, also, um, if you haven't already, you can check out um, our live watch-alongs. Our next one is coming up tomorrow night. We're covering Barcelona versus Bayern Munich in the UEFA Champions League. I'll be joined once again by Lee Scott, known on Twitter as FM Analysis, one of the game's most well-respected uh, football analysts. And we had great fun bringing you the Atalanta versus PSG game last night. And there's plenty more of that to come. Uh, so uh, if you haven't already and you're listening via the audio platform, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well and you'll get access uh, to all those types of things. Um, I say a big hello uh, to everybody in the chat. Um, as I said already, massive hello to you guys. Um, some of you are talking about the sound in the comments. Um, let me know if, if, if you've got any issues with the sound. But from what I can see here, everything seems to be going through perfectly fine on the stream. Um, right, let's uh, delve into the big talking point. And the big subject, of course, is that exclusive interview that Mesa Ozil gave to The Athletic. He pulled no punches, did old Mesa Ozil. He took the opportunity to defend himself on a number of issues, a number of issues that... Um, he's received a lot of criticism for, um, for example, he spoke about the pay cuts. Um, he spoke about the fact that, um, you know, he, he's been fit and ready to play. Um, and, and that the reasons that I guess we're being told he's being left out are not necessarily the real reasons. Um, he sort of made that clear as well. Um, so let's go into the interview in a little bit more detail now, unfortunately, because it is, uh, on the Athletics website, and it is behind a paywall, I'm unable uh, to share the screen with you guys. And I know that some of you will have probably picked up quotes from it throughout the day, but I'm going to take you through it in a little bit more detail throughout this stream. And then we're going to come on to talk about some transfer stuff a little bit later on as well. Right. Um, so, of course, he was talking to, to David Ornstein of The Athletic. And when asked about his future, um, he said, my position is clear. I'm here through to the last day of our agreement and I'll give everything I have for this club. Situations like these will never break me. They only make me stronger. I showed in the past that I can come back into the team and I will show it again. Now, of course, Mesut Ozil's Arsenal contract expires at the end of next season. Um, his agent has already come out in recent weeks and said that he's not going anywhere. He's now saying um, that he's not going anywhere. So just reiterating that point, that Mesut Ozil will remain an Arsenal player 
um, until uh, the contract expires. Now, if Arsenal were to come along and say, here's a payoff, we're going to pay out the remainder of your contract. I'm not entirely sure that Mesut Ozil's stance wouldn't change. Maybe it would. In fact, I'm quite sure it would. If he loves the game of football as much as he says, if he values sort of his career um, at 31 years old, then you'd think that if the money was on the table for him to walk away, then yeah, maybe uh, he, he would take it. Um, of course, he hasn't played a single minute of football since Arsenal returned um, or since football returned. Um, you know, and he went on to say in this interview that he will decide when he goes, not other people. Um, and he also said, I didn't sign for two or three years. I signed for four and that should be respected by everyone. Things have obviously been difficult, but I love Arsenal. I love to work there. I love the people in the club, the real people, those I've been with for a long time. And I love London. It's my home. Whatever happened in the last two seasons, I'm very happy and very strong mentally. I never give up on anything. I want to help my team and I'll fight. If I'm fit, I know what I can do on the pitch. Now, we heard a lot of this crap, didn't we, about sort of him having a back problem, um, you know, about having this back issue that was going on for a while. And then that was maybe um, the reason initially why he was being left out of the side. Um, and then he goes on to say, um, I can't talk about my private conversations with the coach, but I can tell you I know my body well. I was fit enough to play every game before the break. And apart from a small injury, it was the same after. My daughter was born while we were off. I was not always sleeping perfectly, but this is normal. I actually had more energy and excitement to play because of her. As a player, you sometimes have bad days and can't always be happy especially if you're not playing when you know how good you are and you're not going to be picked. It's hard to be at 100%. And of course, you can get disappointed. This is my profession. It's what I love doing, being on the pitch, playing matches, showing the people, helping the club and my team. So, Mesa Ozil has basically said, quite frankly, that all this stuff um, that's been coming out from the club's end about him having a back issue is, is actually nonsense. That's what he's essentially saying. <coughs> Excuse me. That's what he's essentially saying, that it's all bullshit. And actually, Mesut Ozil has been fit and he has been ready to play. And he's, I guess, suggesting that his omission from the side has been due to other reasons. Um He said, I fully respect the coach's decision. Of course, he and Mikel Arteta, former teammates, but I believe these things should mainly be decided on the pitch. After the restart, I wasn't given a chance to show what I can do. You don't play 10 games in a row if you're unfit, not good enough or don't behave well. If I played these games badly and was then left out completely for that reason, then I might understand. But this was not the case. Now, again, he's suggesting that there are other factors going on behind the scenes which uh, have contributed to why Mesa Ozil has not been in the side. I'm going to pause it there just a second. If you haven't already, smash the like button. As I keep, keep saying, it's so, so important, particularly those of you watching us on YouTube. Hit that button um, as uh, it really, really does help us uh, in a number of ways. So please do so. Let's continue. Um, of course, Arsenal... Uh, asked his players to take a 12.5% pay cut for 12 months, which was initially turned down um, by Ozil. And it was reported, actually, that he was ultimately 
the only one who declined this. And initially there were another two players apparently, but they were never named. Um, and Ozil has defended his stance on this. He says, as players, we all wanted to contribute, but we needed more information and many questions were unanswered. Everyone was fine with a deferral while there was so much uncertainty. I would have been okay to take a bigger share and then a cut if required once the football and the financial outlook was clearer. But we were rushed into it without proper consultation. For anyone in this situation, you have a right to know everything, to understand why it is happening and where the money is going. But we didn't get enough details. We just had to give a decision. It was far too quick for something so important. And there was a lot of pressure. Um, so again, Mesut Ozil explaining um, his stance on, on this situation, explaining that um, the decision was basically not, I'm not going to say forced on the players because obviously Mesut Ozil <laughs> declined it, but the, the decision was put on the players very quickly, it seems. And it was something that they had to make a quick call on without really having the relevant information. Now, I'm not defending Mesut. I don't want people to think that I am defending him um, throughout this, this episode of the podcast. What I'm doing is I'm trying to break down um, what's actually happened. I'm trying to break down Mesut Ozil's side of the story. And then I'll give you guys my views and my thoughts a little bit later on, because my thoughts are pretty clear, to be honest. Um, he also says, for anyone in this situation, you have a right to know everything, to understand why it's happening and where the money is going. But we didn't get enough details. We just had to give a decision. I I've said that already. Sorry. Um, he says, this was not fair, especially for the young guys. And I refused. I had a baby at home and have commitments to my family here in Turkey and in Germany, to my charities too, and also a new project we started to support people in London that was from the heart and not for publicity. People who know me know exactly how generous I am, and as far as I'm aware, I was not the only player who rejected the cut in the end, but only my name came out. And this is the really interesting bit. I guess that's because it is me. And people have been trying for two years to destroy me, to make me unhappy, to push an agenda they hope will turn the supporters against me and paint a picture that is not true. Possibly the decision affected my chances on the pitch. I don't know, but I'm not afraid to stand up for what I feel is right. And when you see what has happened now with the jobs, maybe I was. And I said this at the time, didn't I? When Arsenal announced the redundancies, I said it at the time. This was going to cause a shitstorm among the players and particularly the ones who have been victimized for maybe disagreeing with the pay cut like Mesut Ozil and now find themselves um you know sort of looking back and wondering actually where did that pay cut money go because surely uh, you know the wages of those who have been released or well, a lot of them anyway um are a fraction of what somebody like Mesut Ozil or an Arsenal first team player earns so that was always going to be something he would come back on. It was always going to be a stick to beat the club with um, in light of their decision to make uh, redundancies. Um, let's see. He said in 2018, um, I had plenty of options that would have earned me far more money as a free agent. But I committed myself to Arsenal because this was the club and the fan base I wanted to play for. In that sense, nothing has changed. Mikel knows my quality and I will be ready when he needs me. Um, what else have we got here? Just uh, trying to cut some of it out because it is a long old interview. Just want to pick up the key points here. Um, 
he also talks about um, the fact that he excelled in a sequence of Premier League appearances before the lockdown, which he did. He says, if you consider the circumstances, you cannot use these statistics if you have to. It is more accurate to look at the data for my whole Arsenal career and from the 10 games after Mikel was appointed. Not so bad for someone who had barely been picked for a year and a half. People will always love or hate you. And the main thing is the people who know you and what they think. What the people outside say about my play or my character is irrelevant. They just speak bullshit to make publicity. And they know by using my name, it will bring them attention. Do it as much as you like. I don't care or listen to people who don't know me. I didn't get here because of them, but because of the family and friends who I trust and are always behind him. Now, Ozil was obviously... Um, quite vocal recently, um, well, last year, as in fact now, um, when he criticised the persecution uh, of a group of Muslim people in China. Um, and actually, Arsenal moved very, very quickly to distance themselves from his comments, from fear, I guess, of losing sponsorships, of uh, turning off the Chinese audience. And I think that is wrong. Um, you know, we, we've seen a lot about sort of the Black Lives Matter campaign recently, and rightly so. It's a, a very good cause and something that everybody should be should be behind. But this is a cause that people should be behind as well, um, or, or, or a cause that at least people should allow others to have their views on. Now, Arsenal didn't necessarily need to come out and back what Mesut Ozil had to say if they didn't entirely agree with it. But by condemning what he said and by uh, moving quite sort of clearly to to distance themselves from it, they damaged their reputation with him um, or reputation relationship, I should say. And that relationship has never quite recovered, I don't think. Um, and he, he goes on to talk about that. He says every human is equal. It doesn't matter what religion or color you are, Muslim, Christian, Jew, black, white, or anything else, we are all the same. What I said was not against Chinese people. It was against whoever is doing this to the Muslims and other people who are not helping them, such as other Muslim countries. I've given a lot to Arsenal on and off the pitch, so the reaction was disappointing. They said they don't get involved in politics, but this isn't politics, and they've got involved in other issues. In America, we saw George Floyd killed, and the world spoke up to say Black Lives Matter, and that is correct. We are all equal and it's a good thing that people fight against injustice. There are a lot of black players and fans of Arsenal and it's fantastic the club is backing them. But I wish people would have done the same for the Muslims because Arsenal have many Muslim players and fans as well. It's important for the world to say that Muslim lives matter. So I, I think Mesut is right to be upset about Arsenal's handling of that situation. It was one of those situations that at the time I cringed when I heard it or when I saw that Arsenal had publicly distanced themselves from it because we all know um, that, you know, it's a, a cause that would be no doubt very close to Mesut Ozil's heart as a Muslim. Um, and, and you know, he's right to feel a little bit aggrieved at the way the club sort of handled these comments. And, and I don't want to keep beating that drum, but I feel like that was another in a long list of things that have gone wrong and in the breakdown of the relationship. Let's um, go to some of your live comments uh, before we talk about something else. Um, Omar says, this guy needs to fuck off. He's a twat. <laughs> um Clearly not uh, happy with uh, with Mesut Ozil. Um, Matt Gray says, I completely agree with Ozil bringing attention 
to what's happening in China. However, I fail to see what he wants to achieve from this interview. He isn't going to get back in the team. Um, Brad says, big up, Harry. How you doing, mate? Welcome. Um, Tawana says, Ozil's statement will only make press conferences difficult for Arteta. Um, I, I think Arteta's like, look, if if Arteta's reasons for leaving him out of the out of the team are because he's being instructed to do so because of this ongoing dispute between the club, then that is wrong. Um, no matter how much you back Mikel Arteta, and I I do back him, I back him uh, very much so. But ultimately, when it comes to Arsenal Football Club, as a fan, all I'm interested in is the decisions on the field. And if Mesut Ozil can bring something to this team that we are lacking, and we have been lacking at times, a bit of creativity, there's no doubt about that, then I don't agree with Ozil being left out of the side if these are the reasons, if it is because of these issues going on in the background. Um, you know, I, I can't say for sure if that is the case. Um, I, I hope and I trust that Mikel Arteta is someone who will act with integrity uh, and who will make the right call. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that there is pressure from the club at the moment to try and move Mesut Ozil on somehow. And if it means freezing him out and trying to force his hand, I think that's the approach that the club have taken. It's very much an approach that they seem to have um, sort of been uh, trying to implement for a while now. For me, that is wrong. It is wrong. Um, Nekizi says, this is fucking toxic for Mesut. He's ruining his legacy at the club. Is it toxic, though? Um, I guess it's probably a good time to, to come into my thoughts about it. When you read that, it is very difficult to disagree with much of it. Honestly, it is. It is a really strong interview from Messer Ozil. And we talk a lot about Messer having one of the best PR teams in the business. And that is proof. I've never really regarded Messer as the type of confrontational and spiky character that he comes across as in this interview. Therefore, it does make me feel like this is very much a statement or an interview, sorry, that has been put together by a PR team, that has been approved by a PR team. Look, if he's got the money to pay them and that's what they're hired to do, then, then that's absolutely fine. But it does feel like this has been very carefully structured and it's been put out with an intention to clear his name on a lot of these issues. And for me, some of the issues on some of them, not all of them, because, you know, he doesn't talk about the fact that managers have said he doesn't give it all in training. He doesn't mention that and he's not going to. But on some of the issues, I make mess it right. Some of them I don't. Um, but obviously, you know, he's not brought up some of the things that have been said and banded around about him. And why would he? He won't, would he? He won't, doesn't want to damage his own stock. Guys, let's uh, quickly check in on how many likes we've got at the moment. Almost 200 of you um watching us on youtube at the moment or across the multiple platforms sorry um let's see how many of you have hit that like button just 36 so far come on guys let's get it up to 50 and then let's get it up to 100 um it's um it's it's not difficult just press the button it takes two seconds of your lives um right let's move on uh to more um ray anderson highlights the part in the interview where messet mentions the real people at the club. Is that a dig at someone? Yeah, it feels like it is. Um, it feels like it really is. And and Messer clearly has um, has issues um, with some people in the club, some people, I guess, behind the scenes. Um, and he, yeah, I feel like that was a very calculated uh, phrase um, that he used there. 
Um, what else have we got here? Stan the Man says, when will this Urzil saga, when this Urzil saga is over, I'll be having a wild street party and you're all invited. <laughs> I'll, uh, we'll hold you to that, my friend. Um, and lots of people uh, joining in, Ray saying, uh, don't want to go to a party in this time. Whereas uh, the Mr. Arsenal podcast uh, says, I'll bring the Magnus stand. <laughs> um, right. What else have we got here? Uh, Ryan Smith says he doesn't work hard enough off of the ball for Arteta. If he stays, he will be played in the Europa League and the Carabao Cup. Maybe so, but that's still better than nothing, isn't it? So I guess, um, you know, we've got a. am sure he'd rather play some games than none. And he was picked, wasn't he, when Mikel Arteta took over in a fairly consistent run of games. And I thought he performed pretty well um, during that period. So it, that kind of backs up his point a little bit there. Uh, we've got a super chat um, from Worldwide Guna Elite. Thank you so much, mate, um, for your kind donation. Um, there it is. Thank you so much, mate. He says, be nice if he actually turned up for a game or two. Um, look, I, I totally appreciate that Mesut Ozil hasn't always been at his best, um, particularly in recent seasons. I think there are factors that have contributed to that, but I understand why some people are frustrated. Um, if you fancy um, sending in a super chat, um, you can do so via YouTube. Thank you to Worldwide Guna Elite for your kind donation. It is very, very much appreciated. Right. Um, let's keep going through the comments. Um, what else have we got? Sorry, just uh, just street scrolling through. Uh, Matthew D'Souza says, Ozil bringing up the pay cut in China is a distraction from the real issue. He's another footballer on big wages that a club can't find a buyer for, and therefore both parties are stuck with each other. Was it an, a, a mistake giving him such a lucrative contract? Yeah, it probably was in hindsight. But hindsight is a wonderful thing. And as I've said repeatedly on this podcast uh, over the last few months or so, imagine the uproar had we allowed Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil to leave in the same transfer window. Imagine what everybody would have been saying. This club's going backwards. This club's going to shit. Um, this club don't want to invest in their players. They just keep letting big players go. That's what would have happened. So every single one of us celebrated the fact that Ozil got that contract at the time it happened. Yes, in hindsight, you can look back and say maybe it wasn't the right call. But I don't think you can keep sort of going back to this and, and pointing at the club for making that decision. Hindsight is a wonderful thing and it's very, very easy, isn't it, to to point fingers at people in in hindsight. Um, Ogochukwu, Sydney Mocha, he says... Who do you make our number one goalie? Let's um, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute, my friend. Um, I'll stay on that because I just want to wrap up on the Urzil thing, and then we'll come to those questions. So, my final thoughts on on, on sort of the whole Mesut Urzil interview and the, the shitstorm that that has subsequently caused uh, are quite simple, really. I make him right on some of the points. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that he's come out and said them. He's remained respectful to the coach at all times in that interview. Um, he has made it known that he feels he may be being left out um, of the team for reasons that are not to do with what he produces on the pitch. Um, and and reading what he says and reading between the lines in terms of what we've seen over the last few months and stuff, you, you kind of have to feel like that is somewhere along the right lines. So 
you know, he's probably got a point there. Is it helpful for the club? No, of course it's not. Nobody ever wants this kind of discontent leaking out into the public. It's not helpful. It is a distraction. Um, but had he done it, let's say, before the FA Cup final, everyone would have said, look, he's damaged us going into the FA Cup final. When is a better time to do it than pre-season? I don't think there is one. Um, so I'm not overly fussed by the timing. I quite like as a fan um, and as a journalist, knowing um, a little bit more, hearing other sides of the story, um, it helps you to pre to paint a um, a uh, clearer picture um, rather than, you know, um, just having to piece things together all the time. So, yeah, um, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, um, I'm not I'm not overly angry about the fact that he's given this interview. And I think that if those people who sort of are, um, you know, within the club and, and feel aggrieved by this, maybe it's because they've got something to hide. We can't be kid ourselves and pretend that Arsenal Football Club has been run in a in a very good way in recent years because it hasn't it's gone to shit all the tradition all the class that we were or, or are associated with it just feels like it's just been fading away and it's been crumbling so yeah um what else have we got here um i've pretty much touched on a lot of these uh comments but a lot of you continuously saying damn i wish this saga with Ozil would go away um, Gino says Ozil took his gloves off. Now I'm waiting for Arsenal to respond. Um, yeah, look, it feels like this is something that is going to rumble on, isn't it? Um, it? It really, really is. Uh, Giancarlo says he's got to go. He has become an embarrassment. Uh, Avon says the attempt to manage him out is wrong. Um, he is completely out of order, though, to go public with his criticism of the management. He needs to go. Um you know, he's in a bit of a power position, isn't he, Mesut Ozil? And the kind of power position that none of us would, would ever find ourselves in in our jobs. We'd never be able to come out, criticise our manager, criticise our superiors and get away with it. But in Mesut Ozil's case, where you're a multi-millionaire and a very, very powerful figure, you, you, you kind of, not that it makes it right, but you have that sort of... Um, you, you have that sort of power to do so and you have that... Um, clout, I guess is the right word um, that I was I was thinking. Right. Um, let's move on from Mesut Ozil. There was a question about who I think should be Arsenal's number one goalkeeper next season. I think at the moment, um, I think it is very, very difficult to say that Gab, I almost said Gabriel Martinez, uh, that Emiliano Martinez is ready to step into that role um, in the longer term. I don't think that... Um, you know, is look as good as he's done. I, I don't think you can say that he's a, a better goalkeeper over the course of 38 games than Bern Leno is. Um, but that's not to take anything away from Martinez. I think he's been fantastic. And my view on it would be that until Martinez fucks up, essentially, then there's no reason to make a change. Um, it's great to have two goalkeepers um, competing um, for sort of the, the vital spot. Um, and yeah, you know, competition uh, breeds excellence, as they say. Um, let's talk about something else that's hit the news today. And, and it's somebody else who's sort of dividing the opinion of Arsenal fans at the moment. And that is Kia Jurabshan, of course, uh, super agent, as he's known. Um, got close relationship with uh, with Edu and Raul Sanlehi at the moment. And he's been involved in, in a few of the deals that Arsenal have done lately in the transfer market. 
We understand that Willian is close to joining Arsenal. We keep saying that every day, but the latest update is that it seems as though it's going to happen by the weekend. Um, that is the sort of the noise uh, doing the rounds at the moment about that. But Jurabchan's influence at Arsenal has been growing um, over, over a period of time. He's been pictured in the Arsenal director's box. And it seems as though he's gotten a little bit carried away with himself. He made some comments in the media, which I didn't like. Um, I've got no issue with Arsenal working closely with an agent if it helps them to do business and it helps them to get things over the line and it opens the doors to a market of uh, the kind of players that we maybe necessarily weren't able to get in the past. You know, we spoke a lot about in previous times about Arsene Wenger's values and a lot of the time his values and the club's values um, prevented us doing deals that we actually should have done because we didn't want to deal with certain people, because we didn't want to get involved in that sort of dark side of football, which is that underworld of agents. So I understand um, why that was the case then, but that is not the case anymore. It has very, very much changed. And Kia Jurabchan's influence is, in, is increasing by the day at Arsenal if we go by the reports and, and what we're led to believe. Now, my issue, though, is this. What gives Kia Jurabchan the right to go out in the press and keep talking about Arsenal all the time? He's not a, a, an employee of Arsenal Football Club. And that really, really wound me up. It wound me up a lot more than the Mesut Ozil interview, I can tell you that. Um, he's acting as though he's part of the club, as if he is an employee of the club. And I don't think he has the right to say some of the things that he's been saying. When... Um, Speaking about sort of um, some of the uh, the transfer business that's been done between sort of January 18 and 2019, speaking on TalkSport, Mislin Tat said, people forget about the previous guy, Sven. He made a bunch of, I don't like to use the word, but cock-ups with players he brought in at very, very large numbers. So Kia Jurabchan is suggesting that Arsenal are in a better position now because he is involved and because he is having a say in their recruitment, as opposed um, to Sven Mislintat, who was there previously. It feels as though Kia Jurabchan is in charge of our recruitment. What the fuck is going on? It's an absolute shit show. And I wasn't too concerned about the Jurabchan stuff um, a few days ago. But as time goes by, the more I hear from this guy and the more I, I read about sort of the business he's done in the past and his relationships with a number of people, the more I think that getting into bed with Kia Jurabshan from Arsenal's perspective is not necessarily um, the smartest move. But only time will tell on that definitively, won't it? If Arsenal get uh, these players in and they prove to be successful, I'm sure we'll have a very, very different outlook on this. But I just, I'm concerned by the way he talks about the football club as if he is um, this key figure at Arsenal and someone who, um, you know, is calling the shots. That does worry me. That does concern me. Um, guys, there's over 200 of you watching us across all platforms at the moment. And we've only got 63 likes on YouTube. Come on, let's let's get that up, please. Um, I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, it really does mean the world uh, to the channel because it helps us climb up the rankings. And we've seen an incredible growth in numbers um, in the last few days. And it's because you guys have been doing exactly that and hitting the like button. So please uh, don't be shy. Hit that button. Let's go to some of your um, comments um, 
on the Jurabchan thing. Uh, Jonas says uh, Kia is acting like he's part of Arsenal. Uh, DWTT says Kia didn't put Arsenal in a good light. Do they care? Do they know? Hyperfrantic says we keep getting Kia's casts off. John Cover says, I don't see a problem with the super agents as long as we get who we want. Yeah, ultimately, that is what they're there for. Um, Orlando says, hey, Harry, I think we're very much papering over cracks. No agent is a good agent, nor should we build our team around an agent's opinions. Omar says, Kia isn't part of Arsenal. Why does he care? Um, I am the one and only, says, Jurabshan would, would be jailed if he went to Brazil. Well dodgy, but good enough for the Arsenal board. Uh, Winston says, I don't trust Raul or Kia. And a lot of people talk about Raul. And the thing with Raul is this. You don't last at a club like Barcelona for as long as he did if you're not ruthless in business, if you're not someone willing to do things that are going to be unpopular. He's clearly um, someone who's, who's willing to get his hands dirty. Um, and to a degree, I feel like that's what Arsenal needed. But I'm yet to be convinced that Raul Sanlehi is a, a, is or will be as influential as some thought he might be when he came in. Um, Carlito says Kia's in charge of Arsenal's transfer policy. Um, Ramon says Kia is a conflict of interest. How will other agents deal with Arsenal going forward? Um, Archangel says he obviously has an arrangement with Sanlehi. So lots of people... Um, are concerned by this. Um, Ian Mighty says he is made part of Arsenal by this incompetent board. And Giancarlo says the club should come out on Kia's comments. Yeah, they should. Um, I think that they should tell him off behind the scenes and maybe release a statement. I think there will be some, um, there will be some, um, repercussions to what he said not necessarily sure they'll be made public but i think there will be a conversation going on uh, about that interview he gave to talks but there has to be there has to be um femi has a different opinion and says kia will be all right same as wolves are with mendes and and that's a great point because these partnerships or link-ups or whatever you want to call them with these super agents can work we've seen that at wolves look at them Unfortunate the other night to get knocked out of the Europa League, but they went to a European final, finished in a very respectable position in the league. And when they started um, that sort of partnership with Mendes, they were a championship club, let's not forget. So, you know, it doesn't always work out badly, but just my initial gut feeling, I didn't like that interview from Kia Jurabshan, and it's not something I, I hope to see more of in the near future. Hopefully Arsenal uh, get that under control. Um, and um, make sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, as I said earlier on in the program, um, the latest update on Willian, for those of you asking, is that we expect him to sign by the weekend. It's not information that's coming from me. I am simply um, sharing with you what I've sort of read today. Um, so don't take that as gospel necessarily, but it feels like the deal is edging closer and closer by the day and that it won't be long before Willian is an Arsenal player. Um, in other news, Pablo Marie um, is aiming to return to training in September. It's understood his rehabilitation is going well after surgery and uh, fingers crossed we'll have him back. Um, if not for the first few games of the new season, at least uh, pretty early into it, because he is another central defensive option who I was quite impressed with, with the exception of 
one performance, I would say. Um, and so it, I'd be glad to have him back. And I think we're, we're crying out for someone to play in that left centre-back position because we want to see Kieran Tierney playing that left wing-back or left-back, don't we? We know that that is his best position and we feel like we're missing something um, or we're missing the trick when we're having to tuck him in at centre-back. So, yeah, um, that's good and positive news. Um, also, the Community Shield details have been confirmed. That's going to take place on the 29th of August. This is Saturday I believe, um, which is great news. And uh, it's, a, I think, is it a 4.30 kickoff? I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. I did read it um, about an hour ago. Well, I read it yesterday initially, but I did look at it an hour ago, but my mind's gone blank. Um, but it is definitely Saturday, 29th of August. Arsenal will take on Liverpool at Wembley in this year's Community Shield final. Right, that brings us to the end of today's live stream. A little bit different from the transfer updates that we've been doing recently, but that is because Mesut Ozil has stolen the headlines today with his comments. If you want to become a patron of this podcast and you fancy supporting us, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. You can sign up for as little as £3 a month. Not only would you be supporting the podcast and helping us to produce more and content of a better quality, um, you'll also receive a free gift after three months of membership, as well as exclusive access uh, to some of our bonus content and priority on our phone-in shows. There you go. Um, so, yeah. That brings us to the end uh, of today's program. A massive, massive thank you to you all for tuning in once again. Incredible numbers again. Um, and uh, we'll be back very, very soon with more. So until then, take care and uh, up the arsenal.